tenfold, pressed down to overflowing. Be with his family, Lord, protect his family. As he goes forward in you, in, in just keep his eyes on you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes I don't know what to do with this. Put it in my inside pocket, outside pocket, I don't know. Whatever looks the coolest, right, woman? Father, bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what to do with this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amazing God. Amazing God. Amazing God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That was such an amazing testimony you gave. Oh, hallelujah. We take these things for granted. But uh, God is amazing. That was an amazing testimony. There are lots of people who have been in a situation like that who have not come out to, to give that testimony. So I just want to thank God for that. just want to thank God for your life, man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of the themes that we've, we've either, that's either been spoken about or that we've had in the songs are already expressing what God's heart is. Okay? The notion of freedom, of liberation, uh, the notion of that we're no longer slaves to sin, to, 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 to sin, you know, particularly that last song, it sort of like envelops God's heart to and for us at this time. It's important that we know that God is on our side. Amen? Amen. <laughs> it is important for you and I to know that God always has our back. Okay? It's also important to know that God gets really upset with people who want to hold us down and who want to bind us. Does that make sense? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Hallelujah. my lord my god god is an amazing god hallelujah yeah. thank you lord jesus okay <laughs> i have a lot to say and i have very little time to say it in so i'm gonna i'm gonna do exactly what vance does and i'm just going to i'm going to distill it very very quickly let's go to um matthew chapter 5 I'm going to be reading from the Amplified and then I'll be referring to the Message Bible. Thank you, Lord. Amazing God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, verse 21. But I'm just going to pray before we before I start. Father, uh, we come before you empty. We ask you fill us. 
open our eyes to see the truth in your word make it fresh that which we think we know lord reveal to us anew afresh enable us to receive fresh manna from you lord you said that when we speak we should speak as oracles of the living god i speak this morning as your oracle speaking truth oh god let that word reach deep into our hearts father god plant life and bring forth life and joy and peace and a revelation of who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm just going to read. You have um, verse 21 says, of course, you've, you've had uh, the one before this. And it's 21 says, You have heard that it was said to the men of old, You shall not kill, and whoever kills shall be liable to and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. But I say to you that everyone who continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice, enmity of heart against him shall be liable and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. And whoever speaks contemptuously and insultingly to his brother shall be liable to and unable to escape the punishment imposed by his anhedrin. And whoever says, you cursed fool, you empty-headed idiot, shall be liable to and unable to escape the hell Gehenna of fire. Verse 23. So if when you're offering your gift at the altar, you there remember that your brother has any grievance against you, leave your gift at the altar and go first make peace with your brother and then come back and present your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way, traveling with him. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last fraction of a penny you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery but i say to you that everyone who so much as looks at a woman with evil desire for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart if your right eye serves as a trap to ensnare you or as an occasion for you to stumble and sin pluck it out and throw it away it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be cast into hell gehenna and if your right hand serves as a trap to ensnare you or as an occasion for you to stumble and sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your entire body should be cast into hell. It has also been said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, whoever dismisses and repudiates and divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unfaithfulness, sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who has been divorced commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the men of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord as religious duty. But I tell you, do not bind yourself by an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you're not able to make a single hair white or black. Let your yes be simply yes, and your no be simply no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the evil man who injures you. But if anyone strikes you on the right jaw or cheek, turn to him the other one too. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your undershirt, your tunic, let him have all your coat also. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to him who keeps on begging from you. And do not turn away from him who would borrow at interest.
from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. To show that you are the children of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the wicked and on the good. And makes the rain fall upon the upright and the wrongdoers alike. For if you love those who love you, what reward can you have? Do not even the tax collectors do that? And if you greet only your brethren, what more than others are you doing? Do not even the Gentiles, the heathen, do that. You, therefore, must be perfect, growing into complete maturity of godliness in mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Exactly. Now, that is, that is a chunk of scripture, would you not say? No, we're going to be here till 5 o'clock, I think. I hope you brought your picnics and your lunches with you. Hallelujah. Now, this is a great, is a great portion of scripture. Um, just quickly as an introduction, I know we've been introduced to this, uh, to this uh, book. But it's important to understand who is talking to whom and why. What's the context of this conversation, right? So, who, you know, about six times it says, I know people condensing it to five. You have heard that it was said, at least within the context of my own uh, passage. So the question we should ask ourselves is, who is talking to whom and about what and, and why? What is, this, what is the whole, what is, why is this such a big deal, really? I mean, that's the truth of the matter. Why is it such a big deal? Why is Jesus making such a big deal about this? Well, first of all, the issue is he's, he's speaking about the law. So the issues that he has raised, he's speaking about, he's speaking about, first of all, the law. Those five, you have heard that it was said, relate specifically to injunctions that have been given to us within the context of the law. Now, what Jesus says in response to that would have come as a shock to any right-thinking, any right-thinking, right-believing Jew. Because... Everything that, that was, was related, everything that was, this, everybody's familiar and they know this. So Jesus, for Jesus to come along and then give this completely, seemingly, uh, not necessarily opposite, but unveiling it, un, unra, un, unwrapping it, and going to the real heart of it must have come to quite a shock for a lot of people. So the first thing that we recognize is that there is a... a, a a, li a list, if you like, or a, a, a body of work that people have come to believe about how it is they're supposed to live our lives. And the Pharisees, the scribes and the Sadducees, but the Pharisees in particular, they are the ones who are ultimately responsible for ensuring that you, everybody obeys those laws. This is the background. So Matthew is speaking to people who already know that this is the law. This is how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. This is how we're supposed to, to do things. Um, so that's the first thing I wanted to, to, to uh, raise. Um, Matthew talks about the history, uh, talks about history, talks about uh, uh, Jews as being salt and light. I mean, giving, just giving you this very quick overview. Their responsibility essentially was to be the law, I mean, to be the light to the Gentiles. They're salt and light. And they have, they have the histories. They have all of this sort of stuff. Um, but what is Jesus' objective? 
And I have I've just written out here very, very, very quickly. First, to liberate God's people from the snare of religion. And I'm going to expand on some of these. Two, to introduce people to the real God. Three, to confront the gatekeepers. Four, to introduce God to, to introduce God to the Israelites as their father. It's the first time, as it were, that the, the Jews will be, would, would, come, come into, into, would come face to face with the idea that God is father. The original view that God, they would have had of God is that he is just God, so to speak. So let's have a quick look at these five or six elements that, that he brings that um, Jesus speaks about. In verse 21 to 26, the first one of the, you have heard it said, was, he says, essentially relates to murder. We all know that we're not supposed to, that murder is a very bad thing, but Jesus goes further and says, if you are angry, if you have malice, if you have contempt, or if you, in, if you are insulting, as it were, to our brother. So he takes this very familiar portion of scripture, this commandment that we all have, and he goes to the heart of it. He says, if you even think in a particular way towards your brother, if you're angry or, if you're, or, if you're, or you've got malice or you're contemptuous, so to speak, that you've, you've already murdered that, that particular person. In fact, there's the, uh, part of a phrase in the message says, if you, um, that words kill, it says that in, in one of the phrases, that words kill, that words have the power to actually inflict damage. So what God is saying, uh, what Christ is saying here is, within the context of that law, that the very notion of, the very thought, the very idea of actually bringing, uh, of thinking about the other person in, in, in these terms is, is, is murder. Verse 27 to 30 speaks about lust. It says, if you look at a woman to, to... But you see, the issue is not that, actually. I, mean, I, th- I think that's the, the one of the key things I wanted to bring, about, bring out. Now, the issue is not about just the, the thing that you do wrong, the thing that you do right or, you, or that you do wrong. It's about the attitude and the state of the heart. And I think that that's essentially what I wanted to concentrate and focus on this morning instead of going into just the specific elements that relate to each of those particular five you have heard that it was said. In Matthew 23, 27 to 28, Jesus speaks about the idea of having on the outside the notion of, uh, of purity, of that which you, you present to everybody. That on the outside, I am you know, uh, I'm holy, I'm, I'm great, I'm this, uh, uh, the best thing says, slice best, so to speak. But Jesus here speaks about the scribes and the Pharisees, and he says to them in 27 and 28, uh, chapter 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you're like tombs that have been whitewashed, which look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones and everything impure. Just so you also outwardly seem to people to be just and upright, but inside you are full of pretense and lawlessness and iniquity. When I started preparing this message, I mean, I thought, okay, 
I mean, there are two key things that, that, uh, that leapt out at me. And that's what I want to just talk about this morning. The law was, when, the law, when God gave the law, he gave it to Moses in, on tablets of stone. But now for us, essentially, his desire is to write his laws upon our hearts. How many of you would agree with that? What God desires is not so much. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray. Can you just close your eyes a second, please? Let's just pray. <coughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you right now. Every block, every resistance is broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I come against every attack. I came against every blockage. Now, in the name of Jesus, lift in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, lift in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, freedom, liberty in this place. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. We come against that right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to your name. Guys, please just pray with me. Pray with me. In the name of Jesus. There's something God wants to do here this morning. And it's been resisted. Break, break, break. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks. 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 Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, you know, thank you. At the prayer meeting on Friday, I had a sense in my spirit. That for us as a church, that there is a besieging, so to speak, in the area of our minds. Okay? So our minds are being besieged, so to speak. There's, a, there's a, like a garrison around our minds where they, it's for, there are loads of people actually who are here right now who know what I'm talking about, this garrison. You are, in, you are in particular places at the moment. Maybe at one time where you had joy, at one time where you had a sense of liberty, at one time when you had a sense of you know exactly what it is you want to do, but now there is a sense as if you've been encased and encompassed. And we, that needs to break. And it's going, we're, going to buy, we're going to agree and we're going to pray about that breaking loose this morning in the name of Jesus. We are going to step out of that in Jesus' name. Every encumbrance, every, every, every band, every ceiling that's placed up over our minds and our consciousnesses must go in Jesus' name. 
We must be free to receive what God has for us. But not only for us, but to release it as well. Release it as well. Amen? Amen? Whatever blessing that God has given us is not just for ourselves. It is not a bless me club. Everything God has given us, he's given it to us so that we can give to others. Amen. That's the whole point of it. Amen? Amen? What's the point of the portion of scripture that I've just read? It is that you have a body of people who've taken the good law, the good word that God has given to his people. Because the Bible says that the law is good. The law is good. And the law was brought in for a specific reason. It was brought in for a specific purpose to curtail lawlessness. Right? And to use the Israelites as light to the rest of the nation so that by that they can compare what is right and what is wrong. Would you agree with that? Yes. Right. So if you've got a good word, so if the Bible says that the law is good, you've got a good word, and then all of a sudden that good word is now taken by a few who... who see themselves as the elite, so to speak, who now take this word, this word that is supposed to be used for the liberation and the freedom of people, because that is the point of the law, really, because it's a good law. That's what Jesus said. He said he wasn't going to come away to, he, wasn't, he hadn't come to take away the law, but to fulfill it, that all that, that pertains to the law find its, finds its embodiment in himself. So the law is good. That which it illustrates is good. Because ultimately the heart of the law is God's love, right? The heart of the law is God's love. Reveals God's heart, right? So it's a good law. So if you have a body of people who now take that good law and subvert its original purpose so that people then come into bondage, do we not have a problem? Because that is what, that is what Jesus is speaking about in those you have heard it was said, so to speak. Because the ultimate idea is I can say, but I haven't killed anybody. But Jesus says, but even if you think angry thoughts about somebody, if you think angry thoughts about somebody, I can look all holy and all, you haven't upset me or you haven't offended me. Everything's all nice and dandy and everything's all, but inside me, the thoughts I have towards them, uh, I mean, you've got this dialogue going on on the inside every time you see them. You've got this almost this angry yapping going on on the inside. They did this to me. How could they do that? Who do they think they are? Look, look at their face. But on the outside, you look all, everything's, hi, how are you doing? Everything's all honky-dory. Everything is good. But God is wanting for that which is on the inside to match that which is on the outside. So that we live from the inside out, not from the outside in. Are you with me? Yeah. That's what God is wanting. So, that is why he, he says, so, so, you said that, you've heard it said that you shall not murder. But I'm already killing people like, left, right, and center in my head like in a video machine. I mean like in a, in a game, uh, your war game, your Warcraft and stuff. It's slicing people's heads up on the inside, but on the outside, I'm singing, oh, like an angel. God is dealing with that. He's putting and pointing his finger at that. The notion of adultery. Come on, guys. You know we're not just talking about adultery here, right? And the issue is not adultery. That's not the point. I, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's not the external things that you see that God is interested in. He's not interested in the murder, as in, in that particular sense. God, not everybody goes around killing people. 
right? Not everybody goes around jumping in each other's beds, so to speak. And if you do it, stop. Okay. Right? But he's talking about the very, the, the deeper insidious ways in which things move and in our hearts. Because what God is really pointing at here, my friends, is the heart. The real, the real topic of this portion of scripture is the heart. The state of the Bible says out of our heart flow the issues that pertain to life. And so if there's something that we're supposed to be watching out for and, and guarding, it's the heart. It's not so much the things that we say or the things that we, we portray, but the things, it's, it's what we live out that stems from the outside. You know Romans 12 too, you know what it says? That we should not be conformed to the world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? Now the notion of, of the mold of the world, don't be conformed to the world, is a notion of a mold. In fact, that which the Pharisees and the scribes did was create a mold within which people would slot. And they would say to them, as long as you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and you do this, you're welcome in the club. Because, be clear, it was a club. It was a very powerful club. It was a social club. It was a political club. It was a <coughs> religious club. And if you're not on the in, you are on the out. And if you are on the out, you are on your own. Because everything happened on the inside. Right? Guys, talk to me. Yes. Everything happens on the inside. If you're not in, you're out. If you're out, you're on your own. Nobody would talk to you. Nobody would marry you. Nobody would sit with you and have a meal. Because if they sit with you, they're contaminated. You are on the outside. You, yeah, exactly, you're a leper. You're a social leper, so to speak. But this is not what God wanted. What essentially God was saying is these guys have created this, the, 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 the conforming patterns as far as they're concerned that this is how everybody should be. And God, Jesus comes along and breaks it, erects it. Amen. So all you guys have done is just try to contain and, and, and manipulate and dominate people. The reality of the freedom that God has for his people, you don't allow, you don't yourselves, you don't demonstrate it. You're, 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 you're whitewashed tombs, you're full of dead men's bones on the inside, but you pretend that, okay, yes, you're the, you the dog's business, and everybody looks at that, and they think, that's, gosh, he's got, it, he's got it going. Whereas on the inside, you're nothing but, but a walking cemetery, a walking graveyard, so to speak. And it stops people from being able to achieve, to reach in and get everything that God has for them, for them to be liberated and free. Not only that, there's another scripture that talks that, that says, because of the way you behave, people talk badly about me because of the way you behave. Right? You put people off coming to me because of the way you behave. Because you're not integral. Your internal life and internal world does not align with your external words, your external world. You're a hypocrite. You're an actor, so to speak. I was in, in McDonald's early this morning. My second office, the 24-hour one. <laughs> and and um, as I was working, I, I heard a group of young people, young black people, 
It doesn't matter whether they're black or white. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> they were talking in the, in the, you know, in the back. <laughs> and my, my, ears was, my, my ears was ringing. My, the, I mean, the, 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 the topics went from, uh, went from languages to uh, the Chinese, to, Chi to the Chinese, to Nigeria, to uh, sex, to um, religion, and they spent a long time on religion. Okay, so this is me. They're just you know, a few meters behind me, and I'm doing my work here. And these guys proceeded to talk about religion. And you know they think these young people, they're, they're probably between 15 and 17, maybe 18. Do you know the things that they were saying? You go to church? You're a Christian? I'm not a Christian, man. I, oh, I'm a, I'm a Rasta. I'm a... Rastafarian Christian. The other person, no, man, you can't be a Rastafarian Christian. There's no such thing. Say, say, of course there is. This is, uh, this is the conversation that's going on. Say, oh, you go to church, yeah? So I used to be a Christian. You, you, are you a Christian or you used to be a Christian? I used to be a Christian. So why are you not Christian anymore? Oh, man, leave that, you know, that sort of thing. Five hours, I'm still in church, man. You know, they essentially began to deconstruct what church means for them. And I'm, and I'm listening, I'm listening because I don't want to move in case they stop talking because I, I just want to hear everything they've got to say. So I'm, I'm sort of like walking on and I'm just listening. My ears are all completely there. And I listened to the deep things that these guys were talking about. And the only way, that they, the only solutions they've got to the real issues that faces them as young people, they're not getting from the church. The only thing that they're getting from the church is long, it's boring, it's, it's, it, you know, it does not relate to them in any way. You know, they, oh, one of them said, <laughs> by the time we finish the, about to finish the service, after five hours later, they're about to finish the service, someone just comes and wants to give a, a notice. And as he gets, up, gets the microphone about to give the notice, that everybody sits down, then another hour goes by. I'm thinking to myself, how can... How can the reality of who God is for us be distilled only into, into that? There's no mention of Christ, no mention of atonement, no mention of his sacrifice, no mention of the liberation, no mention of all the things that we were talking about and sang about this morning. How is that possible that the actual message of the gospel is lost? Because we are the gospel, that's why we are the gospel. And that is why for me the actual, for me, the actual, uh, the, 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 the knob of that portion of scripture is uh, verse 45 and verse 48. And it says it's like being like your father. You, you love like your father loves. Right? And, and Jesus actually starts this process where he's encouraging us to grow up to become mature in our minds, in what way? By thinking the way God does. By seeing the world the way God sees the world. Amen? Amen. I suppose what I'm saying is God is calling us to grow up. It's okay to ask God for the good things. God, you know, I'd like a new house, I'd like a new car. God bless me, God heal me. Those are all... Those are all that they're the rights of the, of the children of the kingdom, right? Healing is the children's bread, the Bible says. 
They are right. They are, you know, goes without saying. Right? That we have angels ministering to us. Right? That God blesses us. God blesses us the ways we cannot see. Right? Every single day. He's doing stuff like, he's, like he did for my brother. For us. That we don't know about. Every single day. So even if we don't know about it, really when we wake up, we should say, thank you, Lord, for all that which I didn't see that you've already done for me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you for not letting me see it either. <laughs> you know, because who, who knows what that would do to us if we did see what it is that he brought us out of. Amen? So we should be thanking him for that. Praise God. God is calling us to maturity. So that which, uh, that which any said, the word that any gave, actually is a, word for, is a word that is calling for maturity also. And the church is calling, on, God is calling us as a church to maturity. We are no longer babes. He's calling us to a place where we, where we hunger for meat. Where we can tell the truth to each other in love. Instead of pussyfooting around, afraid to hurt each other. There is, of course, guys, there is, of course, the Bible says that, you know, anyone who doesn't offend in word is a perfect man. And that word perfect means mature. So God is calling us to maturity. That we handle the things of God with maturity. Right? That we no longer be babes, swayed, moved to and fro by every wind of doctrine. By people who want to conform us, who want to manipulate us, who want us to think the same way so that they can use us and abuse us. But it's your responsibility and it's my responsibility <coughs> that we come to, that we hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, so to speak. That we come to the place where we think the same things. That's the, place, that's the only place where we can come to agreement, which is one of the things that was spoken about on Friday. We want agreement. Two cannot walk unless they agree, scripture says. Right? But how can you agree if you do not know what it is you are agreeing about? If we have different views of what love is, we have different views of what community is, we have different definitions and different all kinds of nonsense in our heads, filled in our heads, that needs to be vigorously challenged and shaken out. Because we cannot come into agreement unless we believe the same thing. And we see the same things. And it's no longer just a question of, oh, that's your opinion. Oh, no, this is my opinion. Who cares what your opinion is or what my opinion is? Really and truly, who cares? The only opinion that we are concerned about is God's opinion, right? Yeah, yeah well, you see, you say, all say hallelujah, but I can tell you, I can give you a portion of scripture and go around the room and you'd all give me different interpretations of that same portion of scripture. Right? So, how then do we come to agreement? Yes. God is calling us to a place of maturity where we recognize that in this work, in this new phase that the church is moving into, it's not for babies. Although, of course, we will have babies and there's absolutely nothing wrong with babies. The only problem with babies is that they, the only point where it becomes a problem is if babies want to stay babies then that's a problem okay but god doesn't want us to stay babies and that's why the scripture tells us to 
you know, desire, first we desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That we may grow thereby. That's the point of the word. That we may grow thereby. It must produce fruit. Amen. Right? Otherwise, guys, we're wasting our time. I don't want to be here for another God knows how many thousand years. Please, guys, come on. Where is the man Christ that's supposed to be walking the earth? The fruit, manifesting the fruit of the spirit. Because all these things that we're talking about is moot. Ultimately, the things that Jesus was talking about there, what he's actually calling for, where he's talking about maturity, is the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit. Right? The things that, and that do not enable us to agree relates to the flesh. Okay, we had a conversation about the flesh. When we say the flesh, the flesh does not mean anything that pertains to the body. Of course. Right? Otherwise, we would hate our bodies. I don't hate my body. In fact, I'm quite attached to it. Right? I'm quite attached to it. Thank you. Right? If I'm going to shake Graham's hand now, I'm not shaking nothing. I'm shaking a man's hand. It's warm. It's firm. It, there's a comfort in that. I know that I'm about to fall, that there's somebody there who's going to catch me, not some ephemeral smoke that I'm going to pass through and I've hit my head on the floor. I want to touch and hug people. And kiss them on the cheek and know they're there. They're real people. That's what God, God blesses the material. What then is the flesh? That which does not accord with God's will is flesh. So you might start up a very good, full, burgeoning church with thousands and thousands of people and miracles left, right, and center, and God didn't send you to do that. That's flesh. Amen? Amen. Anything that does not accord with God's will and purpose is flesh. Decorated flesh. Spiritual flesh. Nice looking flesh. It is still flesh. And God can't bless it. Amen. Amen. Only that which accords with his will and his purpose for us. And for you. Because yours will be different from mine. I'm not going to come up and start doing your stuff. Because for me to be flesh. Because God hasn't asked me to do that. Are you with me? The sooner we get into alignment, that takes maturity though. When I recognize my place, I'm not going to be vying for Vance's place. Vance's not going to be vying for my place. I'm not going to be vying for your place. You're not going to be vying for each. Excuse me. Why would the eye be chasing after the toe or the toe chasing after the kidney or the liver? Why on earth, if you know what and who you are in the context of the body, would you not just take your place? Hallelujah. God wants agreement. And he wants us to start building it. He doesn't want us just talking the talk anymore. He wants the, he wants the nitty-gritty of building body life. He wants us to roll up our sleeves and get it dirty. Get out the bricks and start laying. And you know what? That's a dirty job. It's a dirty job. 
It's not a job you can do and pose. I'm laying bricks. Can't do that with laying bricks. You roll up your sleeves. It's a dirty job. Amen? And it starts with us. Seeing the same thing. Saying the same thing. Coming to that place of agreement with one another. But that takes work. And it takes effort. I'm trying within myself. No, let's leave that. Thank you, Lord. For those of us who are struggling with what God wants to do, my challenge to us, or not my challenge, my admonition, is for you not to struggle. Don't struggle. God works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's the good news. The Old Testament, the law was written with God's finger on tablets of stone. Right? The new tablet in the New Testament, he writes it with his finger in our hearts. Right, so that we will want to do it. Is that not good news? Tony, is that good news? It's great news, isn't it? So we don't need to struggle, we don't need to strive. Our real struggle, our real struggle is to enter into God's rest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I think I'm going to leave it there. I think I'm going to leave it there so we can have a little more time to worship and in our hearts to just receive what it is that God wants to do for each and every one of us. The challenge is to maturity. But each and every one of us has to respond to that challenge. The person next to you, to your left and to your right, can you want to have a quick look at the person to your left and to your right? That person is part of who is going to help you become everything that God desires for you. So you're going to have to learn to build those bridges and build those relationships. Amen? Father, we just want to give you thanks. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.